Bibles up to 1 Peter. Today we're going to talk about it is time to grow. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Today is the sermon grow up. Everybody say grow up. I love Jesus. I just love Jesus. How many love Jesus? How many are happy that I just got away from 350 screaming young adults to be with you guys today? Amen. I mean, I felt like I could preach like nobody's business. All you had to do was say Jesus, and then the amens came out. So just help encourage me today. I'm also a little tired. I couldn't sleep well out there. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, the series is it's time to grow so that we can go. Today's message is grow up. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Everybody say grow up. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about why we need to grow up first in our own lives. Why I need to grow, you need to grow. Nobody here is beyond growing up and becoming the person that God wants them to be. Spiritual milk is mentioned in this passage. Crave spiritual milk. You know what spiritual milk is? It is the pure and elementary things of God. Everybody say the pure and elementary things of God. Thank you. So the Bible says, crave spiritual milk. Crave the pure and elementary things of God. Today, you have to decide in your life, you're not going to crave the candy, the unhealthy things, the dirty, sinful things of this world. You're going to crave the pure, elementary things of God. There are some churches today that are ashamed to talk about the cross. They don't want to say the word sin. There are churches today that don't want to teach you about your Bible. They want to tell you stories that they got from watching a business seminar. I'm telling you today, this is not going to be some some slick new presentation. This church may have great uh, creative ideas with our method, but it is the same message. We want the message of the gospel to be what you feed on. You don't give a baby beer. You don't give a baby be a steak. You give a baby pure and spiritual, excuse me, pure milk. And as we are looking at this church right now, if we baptize 35 of you just in the last few months, there is a church that has spiritual babes here and we need you to get the pure spiritual milk, which is today I've got to grow you up. Because it's cute. You know, when I first had a baby, and, and you know, people were like, well, you're going to change diapers. You know, they're going to ask me that. Really, I don't get grossed out too too easily, you know. And so they say, you're going to change diaper. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to change diapers. And honestly, the first time I changed the diaper, it was kind of cute, you know, because I'm holding up her body. You know, I'm, I'm just doing the different things. And it was just cute. Everybody say cute. Okay, that's only cute for like one or two days, all right? How many moms know the little cuteness wears off? Three in the morning, it becomes work now. Okay, how many know it would be hard for me today to do that for Nick right down here? How many know now it's not even cute anymore, it's disgusting, amen? We have a brother here that is a nurse's aide, holds a little raise up your hand, works in a nursing home. My mother did the same thing. Y'all should talk about some of the down and dirty stuff that went on. But they have to actually clean old people's rear ends. Aren't you happy you don't have that job? Or would you, would you want to have that job if you didn't have a job today? Would you do it? See, some of y'all just getting to lower your standards right now. I will do what it takes. My mom did. Come on, mama. So when I look at Nick right now, he is awesome. He's a great guy. But you know what I don't want to do with Nick right now? I don't want to bring Nick to the bathroom, take down his pants, and, and put some of those things underneath his butt and just clean it out and then make sure it's clean and then do what I did with my little baby and blow on it, you know, make sure it all goes away, and then take some baby powder and just put it on there and then wrap him up. How many know that would be sick and gross and you would never come back to this church again? But that's what it feels like sometimes. Nothing against Nick. He's an awesome leader. He's going to be leading up our Royal Rangers, a men's club that we're going to be starting on Wednesdays. It's going to be awesome. Royal Rangers for men and Impact for girls. It's like Boy Scouts with Jesus and Girl Scouts with Jesus every Wednesday. I'm going to be announcing it next week because we're getting all of our leadership, excuse me, in three weeks because we're getting all of our leadership ready. The guys have already gone to their training for Royal Rangers, and the girls are going to their training for Impact. Can you say amen? Spiritual milk is the pure and elementary things of God. Reading your Bible, praying, loving the truth, listening to advice, being teachable, 
listening to the commands of God, do not steal, do not lie, craving those things and growing up so that when you have been in the church for 20 years, you're not still acting like a baby. You're acting like a man or woman of God. Amen. Because the one person that wants to keep you a baby in the church is the devil, because the devil has no problem with taking candy from a baby. See, if I was to walk up to Hannah right now, God forbid I even hate thinking the thought, and to take something to abuse her, you would say, you are the worst kind of abuser. Put me in jail for a long time. How many believe that people who abuse children need to go to jail for a long time? We believe that. Why? Because there's something inside of us that says that is wrong. But you know that that's what the devil loves to do. The devil is behind every rape. The devil is behind every child molestation. If you ever went through that, listen to me. It was the devil. The devil created the idea of abortion, killing babies. It goes all the way back through the Bible. Killed babies before Moses was born. Killed babies before Jesus is born. And now for the third time, the genocide of children is happening. Why? Because this generation is a terror and a threat to him, and he wants to kill as many as he can. And just in America alone, he has killed 40 million babies. That is a demonic uh, a principality that's come across this nation to kill babies. That is the devil. The devil is not some little pitchforked, you know, red-horned person walking around. He is a thief, he is a murderer, and he is a destroyer. So those here today who are spiritual babes, you cannot stay that way. We have got to get you that pure spiritual milk, the milk of God's word, the milk of God's commands, so you can grow up. And everybody say, grow up. Now, grow up means to experience a healthy progress in life. It means you go through different stages. So today, I'm not asking you to be the preacher. We're not coming to you and handing you the microphone saying, okay, you've been here for three weeks. It's time for you to preach. We've set up a progress for you to begin to grow. So think about it. You get saved. You begin to go to the small group. You begin to go through the seven-step book. You get discipled. Over a period of time, you work on some of your issues. You then get water baptized. You get filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Then you get approved to come to the 201 class. In the 201 class, you start volunteering and helping in the church. After you've gone through that for a year, you can then start off as a deacon and lead your own small group. You see, there is a process. I didn't start off like this. I was a babe that had to grow. And so I've been serving the Lord for about 15 years. So I'm just a teenager in God's eyes. Look at your neighbor and say, that explains a whole lot now. You see, I'm just a 15-year-old in the spiritual world. And some of you are like, well, you don't look like the pastor. Listen to me. When I start looking like the pastor, that's when you need to find a new pastor. Amen. Coming here with a big old belly, some gray hair, and just mess up the church. I'm not here to be old traditional. I'm not here to be Father Tom. He's doing just a good job of messing things up down the road. I'm here to be Pastor J-O-E. Are you listening to me? I've come here to do what God called me to do because I'm not getting any younger. I'm only getting older. And I want to read as many as I can in this young generation on my way to heaven. And if you're young in heart, you'll fit in, in here just good. Amen? If you're young in heart, just you'll fit in here real good. So today's message is grow up. Everybody say grow up. He said like newborn babes crave spiritual, pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation that you have now tasted that the Lord is good. Now I want you to watch a video today. It's a little funny and it's some of the things I've talked about in this church. And as you watch this video, I want you to think about what are some of the big old butts that you have. discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. I think you know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of your butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is on. But my kids have practice. But I gotta tweet something. It's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. You see, everything 
kind of interferes with my life of, of just living an authentic life for God, okay? And more often than not, it always has something to do with some sort of butt, okay? Even the littlest of butt can get distract me. It really can. The littlest butt can make me think, well, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to think about it today. I'm not going to deny myself. I'm not going to read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God asks me to do, I seem to have a butt for it and get away, okay? And the most horrendously big butt of all time is the butt that gets in the way of me just hanging out with God and reading His Word. It's true. Think about it. All the times you're about to open that, and all of a sudden the big giant butt gets in the way. A butt, much like one of these. But I got a farm bill, but I'm tired, but the game's over, but I read last Tuesday, but I got to check Facebook, but I don't like Leviticus, but it's too hot in here, but I, I just don't like books, but I don't understand it, but it's boring. But what does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Those are some ugly butts, people. Let's just call them what they are, ugly. Ugly butts. Okay, and there's a lot more to them, sad but true. Here's a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the most popular butts known to mankind. But I don't have enough money yet. But others will think that I'm a nerd if I carry the Bible. But they won't like me if I talk about Jesus. But I don't know if God will do what I ask. But I just can't get motivated. But I'm afraid. But I don't have all the answers. But the small group was the same night as Monday Night Football. But can I just let my life speak for itself when I'm not happy? That's not my gift. That's the pastor's job. But I don't know how to pray. But I can't believe that. But I don't know where to start. But everybody else is having fun. Butts abound. But, 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 but. Here a but, there a but. Everywhere a but, but. Okay? And, and, and the most overused but of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on. We have a lot of buts. God has given us a real simple word. Okay? If we learn it and we share it and we teach it and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the butt. Okay, and ultimately that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay, it's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a slim gym. Okay, let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. Let's shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it. We start today, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... Yeah. Man. Come on, give it up. Now, how many of you today would say you have a big old butt in your life? If not one, two, three, four. Come on, be, be honest. Raise your hands. How many of you would have to say that today there are things in your life that God is saying, I want you to do, and then the next thing out of your mouth is what? But God says to you, I want you to pray, but I've got something to do today, God. God says, I want you to give tithes and offerings, but I got to get that new iPad, but I've got a cell phone bill to pay. God says, I want you to make some new friends, but my old friends are going to feel like I've let them. Many of us have so many buts in our life that if we were to start to write them all down, it would take us a lifetime. Because that's what it takes for God to change us. Some people say, after we get saved, why don't we just all of a sudden ascend to heaven on a cloud and he just reward us then? You know why? It's because God wants to take a lifetime, your lifetime, to change you and transform you. He wants to make your life his masterpiece, the Picasso of his creation. I want you to think about some of these people in life and how they got rid of their butts. Joseph, the person right here being being brought, uh, brought to sexual sin with this woman. Joseph was a slave in the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife wanted to have sex with him so bad that she used his, her power, his slavery, and tried to seduce him and take off his clothes. But you know what the Bible says? Joseph ran away. Some people today cannot even stay away from pornography, but just one more time. They can't stay away from sexual adultery, but God understands. He'll forgive me. Joseph was a slave, and he was persecuted, stripped naked by the woman, the Bible says, ran away naked, and he did not let his butt get in the way. He said, I will live for God and be holy. The next person that you see here on the screen is Daniel in the lion's den. Do you know why Daniel was thrown into the lion's den? It was because he was told he could not pray anymore. Not only did he have to make time to pray in his busy schedule. You know what, you know what he was? You know what Daniel was? He was a governor in the nation of Babylon, the world's greatest nation. So he was like Gavoyevich, you know. He was a righteous man that was in governor, in the governorship. And they saw him praying. They said, let's find a way to bring him down. And they made a law in the land that said, you cannot pray to anybody but the king. And they found him praying. So what's your excuse why you don't pray? What, are you a governor? 
He was a governor and yet made time. You're that important? He was more important, yet he made time. Have you been threatened with your own life that if you pray today, somebody's going to throw you in jail and that's really what you're dealing with? Or are you just dealing with the TV, the movies, and all this junk that clutters your life? You see, Daniel knew how to get his butt out the way and serve God. You look at the next group of pictures right here. This is the early Christian church. They were persecuted for going to church. Not only did they have to make time out of their busy day of taking care of their children, working in the marketplaces, doing their jobs, just like everybody else on the planet has to do something with their life. You're not the only one that's busy, Mr. Big Britches. There have been people on this planet just as busy and as important as you. And you know what these people did? They showed up for church at the pain of their own death. And if you can see this mural, it has crosses lined all around the Colosseum, set on fire, and they were fed to the lions. This is not fiction. This is what Christians did just to go to church. So what's your excuse when you don't show up? But I had something to do today. But I needed to go to a family event. Oh, oh, really? And you're wondering why you're still slobbering on yourself, pooping in your pants, and you've been coming to church for five years. You know why? Because you have a big old butt in the way, and you're a little baby, and the person that it hurts the most first is you. And then we can't go out and fight the devil because we have a church of nursery instead of a church of the, uh, of, of the special forces of the Green Berets. Who would you rather to go to war with, the person sitting next to you is a three-year-old child or a Green Beret? And that's what it's like in the church when you don't pull your way. You don't think it affects anybody. It does affect people because we are in this as a battle together and if you think to yourself you not coming to church you not praying you not reading your bible doesn't affect anybody it does affect everybody the next thing that you see here is john huss being burned at the stake do you know why john huss was burned at the stake somebody hold open your uh, hold up your bible please hold it up you know why john huss was burned at the stake was for this right here that bible thank you was illegal to possess in your own language in the 1300s during the catholic time when they ruled over the people with an iron fist they had the bible in latin and they said if anybody puts it in the common vulgar tongue of the people we will burn them at the stake John Huss was a priest that knew Latin, translated into the Germanic language of the people. They found him. Those are priests burning him. Read your history books. So what's your excuse why you don't read the Bible? What, it's not in your language? What, you're going to get burned at the stake today if you possess one? John Huss was burned at the stake so that you could have a Bible today in your own language. People have fought adultery in one. People have had a prayer life with a busier life than you. People have come to church at pains of death. And people have read their word of God, even though it cost them their own life. What is your butt? Get your butt out the way. It is time to serve God and grow up and be the person he's called you to be. I'll preach with four people clapping. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. God is calling this church to grow up. I'm not preaching it to have a mean spirit. I'm preaching it because I see what the devil does to you, and I see how he affects the people around you. If you don't grow up today in these five areas, you will not have what God wants for you in life. It is time that we as a church understand that we have to grow up. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 32. Turn there with me, please. And we're going to talk about how to grow up in the church. Grow up in your sexuality. Grow up in your thinking. Grow up in your character. Grow up in your words and deeds. Just because you've been coming to church for a long time, just because your parents went to church for a long time, does not mean you are grown up in the things of God. Let's start to go through these scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4, going verse by verse today, starting in verse 11. Here's how Paul said it. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service. What is the job of the pastor? To prepare people for works of service, not to prepare prepare you to go to the day spa, not to prepare you to sit around in the church and watch me work. You see me work up here. Everybody look up at me. You know why I'm working right now? So that I can teach and preach to you so that you can get out and work. If you come on this church and come here and you say, well, pastor's going to work. The apostle's going to work. We have people planting churches. Apostles start churches. Prophets get words from God. Evangelists go out and evangelize. Pastors oversee the church. And teachers teach the people the things of God. If all you do is watch these people work, you not only are failing, but you're giving them a failing mark. 
If you go to heaven all busted and disgusted, not as a man or woman of God, Jesus is going to look at me and say, how come you didn't get them to work? Jesus is going to judge me and say, how come you didn't give them the work? How come you didn't get them to go out and do something? What were you preaching to them all the time? Some, I love you, I love, uh, we all love each other, Barney, Baloney. What were you telling them? Jesus is going to hold me accountable, ladies and gentlemen, to what you do in this church. I'm not angry at you. I'm just telling you, God is going to hold me accountable. For what you do here, it says to prepare God's people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. We, Metro Praise, are a part of the body of Christ. There are churches all around this world using the same Bible, making the same kind of disciples, preaching the same gospel. God wants this church in Chicago to be a strong arm in the body of Christ to pimp slap the devil with, to be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everybody say, mature. You need to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, where is there anywhere in there that gives you an excuse to stay home, not pray, not read your Bible, not do what the church says? Where does it say that? Reach unity? No, you can't find it there. Become mature? Can't find it there. Be built up into the body of Christ? Can't find it there. Prepared for works of service? Can't find it there. The whole measure? Can't find it there. The fullness of Christ? There is no place for a butt in the message of Jesus Christ. We have got to get our butts out the way. But I'm not called to hand out flyers. But my friends go to this other church, and if I talk about my church, they'll get offended. But my friends don't like small groups. But I don't like small groups. I'm kind of shy. But I don't have time to read my Bible. Are you listening? The Bible gives you no excuse here. Be the person he called you to be. Verse 14. Then you will, or we will, look at the we. He puts it in plural sense. When you do the right thing, we become the right thing. Then we will no longer be infants. Everybody say infants. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by every cunning and craftiness of men uh, in their deceitful scheming. Do you know why people call 1-900 hotlines? Because they're babies in Christ. You know why people read their horoscopes? Because they're babes. They don't know any better. You know why people live in adultery and still go to church, homosexuality, singing in the choir? You want to know all that crazy stuff is going on, yet they think it's okay? Even the pastor thinks it's okay? Because they are babies and they're tossed back and forth and they They follow every wind of teaching, every book on the bookshelf. They believe and they buy it instead of being trained to be mature and to be the church that God wants them to be. But look at your neighbor and say, not here. Not here. Instead, look at verse 5, 15 rather. Instead, speaking the truth in love. Everybody say, he loves us. See, I love you today. Hallelujah. Speaking the truth in love. We may in all things grow up. Somebody say, grow up. That in all things we may grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament. Somebody say every supporting ligament. Every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does does its work from me to the person sitting in the back of each one of these rows that each one does his work where did the bible say you could be lazy where did the bible say you could make excuses where did the bible say that you could bring up your past before god and say but god you know my past you know where i've come from my friends listen to me there is no excuse that i haven't uh, heard that there's not an answer for in the bible every excuse i hear people give me i don't care how terrible it is every excuse they give me not to serve god guess what there is there's an answer in the bible you're not the first person to go through it the devil wants you to have a pity patty party feel sorry for yourself Well, nobody knows the trouble. Like you are the first one to have a tough life. Like you are the first one to work two jobs. Like you're the first one to lose a family member. Like you're the first one to be confused about your future. Like you're the first one to make dumb decisions and get addicted on something. Like you're the first one to have a bad habit that you can't break no matter how many times you try. Like you're the first one to be depressed about your life. You are not the first one. Stop having pity patty parties. There is only two people, you and the devil. Don't send me an invitation because I'm not coming to no pity patty party. I want to come where the soldiers get trained up and sent out to change the world. 
It's time to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. Here's three ways to grow up in the church. He talks about submitting to the leadership. Okay, so when I come here and I teach and I say, okay, it's time to do such and such. Go join a small group. Do you submit to that leadership? Well, pastor, I'm not ready yet. Well, find a church where you're ready to submit to that leadership. People who can't submit to the leadership of a church struggle with churches as they go from one to the other to the other to the other. I used to get all excited when somebody would come to me and go, Pastor, nobody preaches like you. You're just the bestie best. I left so-and-so. He's such a bozo. He couldn't preach. And, I, you know, in, in my early days, I would go, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, that just, just tell me what I want to hear. Oh, I'm so great. And, and nobody else preaches like, oh, I'm so awesome. And then, and then people would talk about their last church. And be, well, those guys, they were just bad. And then they were, you're so good. But you know what happens after a while? When they talk about people in front of you, they start to talk about you in front of other people. And then I began to watch those same messy people who came up in here talking about how bad their other church was. They've left and go so-and-so's church, and now I'm having that pastor call at me and say, who is this crazy person telling me all this junk about you? My friends, it's time to submit to your leadership. If your leadership says, let's go to small groups, let's do it. If you don't like a small group church, go to the carnival church that has a beer tent. Amen. There's one right down the road. They had a beer tent during the summer. They'll have another one. You can go drinking with your pastor. If you want that church, there's one just as backslidden as you are that you can go join and feel just as comfortable going to hell as you want to be. But I am not playing that game with you. I would rather you grow and fight and get out of your comfort zone. I have never seen somebody lift weights and not be stretched. I have never seen a marathon runner get out there and not break a sweat. I am telling you, you are in the race of salvation. You are in the fight of your life. Get up and fight the devil like you got something on the inside of you. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Submit to leadership. Learn from the teaching. Okay, well, I don't think I'm the smartest pastor around. Okay, but we got a book. Just run up here for me quickly. Let's just run through the books. Daniel, quickly. Run up here. Here we go. Here, here's some teachings. Okay, okay. H- have you learned from this book yet? Have you got the seven-step book yet? Well, well, I don't think I'm smart enough yet to get the seven-step book. This young man has learned from the seven-step book. Have you got the 201 book yet? Have you begun to dig into the Word of God? Well, I don't know about that. I'm single. Have you got the date like a Christian book? to learn how to date and keep your your thing in your pants and ladies keep your pants on so you can get to heaven well I'm just confused about religion have you got the book on Islam did I spend the whole second half of the book defending the trinity defending the word of God defending the crucifixion of Jesus and defending the gospel I'm preaching here today alhamdulillah Allah akbar unto Jesus Christ booyah woo (laughs) And follow the example of love. If we don't love lost people, if we don't love our family, we'll put the TV on and not have devotions. You have got to love your family to put on devotions, uh, to have devotions instead of TV. It is a lazy parent's job to have TV on and not read the Bible to your children. Dad, when was the last time they heard you read the Bible? Mom, when was the last time they heard you read the Bible? It is your job to take your family and to lead them through the things of God. Don't come to me and blame me because, sister, you're your son. Sally got bad grades on, on her report card. Sally's been living with you ever since she's been poor. She just showed up at the youth group last week. I can't change your mess in one day. You brought her into this world. You teach her the things of God. You get involved in her life. You check their cell phones. God's looking for parents that are going to follow that example of love. I love you so much to tell you no. You ain't going to the dance. You ain't joining the whatever team that takes you from church. My dad will tell you right here. Joe, you can do whatever you want. But it wasn't going to keep you from Sunday morning in Wednesday church. You were going to be right here with us. I don't care if Pele's coming to the soccer game. I don't care if who's there. You will follow God in the example of love. Say, preach it if you believe it. Woo! Number two, let's keep going. Ephesians 4, 17. Grow up in your sexuality. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you may no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Somebody say their thinking is futile. There's a whole world out here that they think they're so smart. They think they got it all figured out, but the best of their thinking is futile. 
They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. You say, why do you pick on Oprah Winfrey so much? Because she's ignorant, darkened in her understanding, don't know her left hand from her right, and more Christians watch her than don't. More Christians support her than don't support her. Are you listening? You look at her audience, all coming from Christian backgrounds. We look at these people on TV, and we imitate them. We live like them, and we wonder why we have the problems they have. Let me tell you something, young people. The music video don't show you STDs and a pregnant girl. They only want to show you them booty slapping and all that nonsense. Let me tell you, young people who want to dabble with drugs, they don't show you the guy puking on Bourbon Street last night, puke coming out of his nose, and he's fiending for crack cocaine. And let me tell you something here, adults. You don't see Donald Trump when he goes to his home, and his children say, I never knew my dad. Because all he wanted to do was make money. There needs to be a church that gets down on the inside and says, I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to live in the darkness of my mind. And I don't want to be futile. And I don't want to be like Gentiles. Here it is. It says, having lost all sensitivity, they can't feel nothing. You hear a preacher up here spitting and hollering red face, and some of y'all still haven't even woke up in your heart. And you think it's my fault. Let me wake you up to something. I'm going to heaven. You're not. And the reason why you don't feel anything is because the devil and sin has numbed you to the core and you can't even feel a hot iron touching your conscience because sin has become your best friend. Get the junk out of your life. It says, having lost all sensitivity, they give themselves over to sensuality so to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Men, you know what I'm talking about. You said you would just look at pornography one time. Just look at the co-worker one time. Women, you just said, well, I'm just going to date him one time. I'm just going to let him kiss me one time. The Bible says that your heart becomes hard. You become darkened in your understanding. You lose your sensitivity. And now all you want is more. That's all you want is more. The, the, the one little porno video, don't do it. The one little boyfriend, don't do it. The one little shocking relationship. I sat next to a 38-year-old man on a plane, and he's still not married. You know why? Because there's always more. There's one more girlfriend. There's just one more experience. There's just one more trip to Vancouver, Canada to go go skiing because he's so hard in his heart. He can't feel what he's missing from a God that created him. Today, you've got to grow up in your sexuality. Let God soften your heart. Let God soften your heart. Let God take away the perversion of your mind. The only way you can date again single people, the only way married people, you can keep your life pure after living out in this world is if you get brainwashed by the Holy Ghost. Be ye transformed, be metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind through the Word of God. The only way you can look at a woman again, men, without thinking of her as Victoria's Secret is if you let God transform your mind and your heart. The only way, women, you can go into a relationship and not be seduced by a man and do things you regret doing is if you get transformed in your mind. You've got to let your heart become soft, become sensitive to the spirit. There are things in our sexual life we don't even become sensitive to. Some of you say, well, rated R movies don't bother me. Watching these things don't bother me. You know why they don't bother you? It's because your heart is so hard. You can't feel it. You can watch these vampire movies and not even be grieved in your heart. You know why? Because your heart is hard. It's not because you're such a good Christian. It's because you have become so hard in your heart, nothing touches the inside of you anymore. Some of you say, I can listen to that music, and it doesn't bother me. You know why you can listen to that music and it not bother you? Because your heart is so hard. The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to God. When I first got saved, all of my friends in New Orleans, they wanted to go down to the beach of Florida. They said, hey, man, let's just go hang out. I grew up in the Midwest. How many of y'all would want to go to the beach right now? It's about 74 degrees in New Orleans. I want to tell you what. God put it in my heart. He said, you know, Joe, you're not ready to go to the beach. And I thought that was the devil. I said, get behind me, Satan. I'm going to the beach. I'm a pale, white, Polish, Italian boy from the, the Midwest. I need to get some sun on this pasty skin. I'm going to the beach. And God told me, he said, you're not ready. You're not ready. And I was sensitive to God. And I remember the night that they left because you could get permission to go over the weekend from Friday to Sunday. As long as you signed out and you were with another brother, you could go wherever you wanted. You had the weekend off. 
And they went down to Mobile, Alabama, and they met up with some Christian girls. They fornicated and got kicked out of school. And when they got back let in because they did want to fulfill their call, my brothers who were my peers had to call me pastor because while they were out fornicating and getting into the devil's business, I was reading my word and preaching the gospel. And when they decided to get their mind right, I became their pastor. Are you listening to me? If you want to grow in life, it's going to cost you something. God doesn't give it for free. God didn't say to Peter, come on, man, we're going to go to a man's spa. We're just going to hang out all the time. I'm just going to make you feel good about yourself. He told Peter, he said, Satan, get behind me. He told Peter, if you don't do this, you have no part of me. The rich man said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus said, go sell everything you have and come follow me. And the rich man went away sad. You know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't walk up to the rich man and go, well, you know what? Let's make a deal. If you just give half now, we'll let you give the how the half later. Because you know what? Nobody's perfect. You know what he said to the rich man? This is the time you make your decision. It's either my way or the highway. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And I'll say amen myself. Amen. Lastly, wherever you are sexually in your life, you need to grow up and you need to find satisfaction where you are. If you're single, find satisfaction. If you're married, find satisfaction. If you're in a place right now where you may not have the best marriage, begin to work on it. But no, this is your husband. This is your wife. Do not give up and go looking for a way out of this thing. God has a better way for you. I wish I had a church to preach with me today. That's why I had to come back. Grow up in your thinking. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in accordance with the truth that in Jesus you were taught with regard to the formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on a new self to be created in the true righteousness and holiness. Somebody say stinking thinking. God is getting to the place right now with Christians where he's saying, I'm going to expose your thoughts. He's going to expose your thoughts. I want you to understand this. There's been people in this church that hid sin in this church. My wife woke up with a dream, saw the whole entire thing, and exposed it. God is not playing with the church anymore. God will find you out. Here's the best way to get around your mess is to follow God when you have the chance. When God is being merciful to you, seek his truth. When you get up this morning, you start to read your Bible, and God says... You know what? You've been spending too much time with the TV. Man, just just get right with God. Stop making excuses. You know what? You don't pray enough. You're going to fall with that coworker. You know what? If you don't stop hanging out with those friends, you you might go back to drinking. You know what? If you and your wife don't start doing devotions with your kids, your, your kids are going to imitate Kanye West more than they do Jesus Christ. When you hear that, seek that out. Don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. It will get exposed. I remember one time sitting down in a meeting with some pastors, I mean uh, uh, some parents with their kids, and they were just pointing the finger at their kids, pointing the finger at the kids, and we all just thought the parents were just perfect. We were just like, okay, we're going to work on the kid. And then all of a sudden the kid just dropped the bomb, looked right up at the parent and goes, but you do it, Mom, but you do it, Dad. But what am I supposed to do? I'm just following your example. You sleep in on Sunday. You don't read your Bible. I've heard you cuss when you hit your hand with the hammer. I've seen your mom looking at the soap operas. I don't see you being any different. But I want our children to be little angels. Well, then you be the big angel and set the example for your children. Put off deceitful desires. You have got to understand right now that if you do not live saved by the word of God, your flesh will deceive you. Just look at your neighbor's belly right now. Most of you have a big belly like me. You've been deceived. Why? Because when you sit down, oh, but I'm still hungry. Oh, oh, but, but I still feel hungry. You have deceived yourself. You have deceived yourself. Look at your, you look at your credit card debt right now. Most of us are in $5,000 credit card debt because you deceived yourself. You, you, you thought if you didn't have those shoes, you couldn't get to work the next day. You, you, you thought to yourself that if you didn't have that 64-inch 3D television, that it, something was going to be wrong with you. you. You thought if you didn't get your children that PS3 for Christmas that you're still paying on right now, that somehow you weren't a good debt. You see, if you look around right now, you can already see people deceiving themselves. And you know the best way to know that people deceive? themselves is they don't think they're deceived because when you say they're deceived they say no i'm not deceived but i don't see you really reading your word like you should but you don't understand see they don't even understand they're deceived because they are deceived 
The devil plays on our deception. He gets us to think we need these things to be happy. And he begins to, to manipulate our, us as children, just like a little baby. You know, my little baby Bethany may get in her mind, I want to play with daddy on the computer. And she'll begin to think to herself that if daddy doesn't play with her on the computer, that daddy doesn't love her. And then all of a sudden, you'll see little baby Bethany crying, throwing a fit because I don't play with her on the computer. But she doesn't understand her own emotions are deceiving her. I can't play with her on the computer because I have to go to work so that I can have a house to put a computer in. You see, you're looking at the world and you're being deceived by your own desires thinking, I need, I need, I need. And God is saying, I'm all you need. I'm all you need. I'm all you need. Praise God. Put off our deceitful desires and then walk in the righteousness of Christ. But pastor, I've been born a sinner. But pastor, I have a bad attitude. But pastor, my parents abused me. Let me tell you, get your big old butt out the way because the Bible says you have been born again in Christ Jesus. Whoever is in Jesus is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. You've been born a sinner, but be born again a saint. God is looking for people today that will grow up in their thinking. If you don't believe it here, you won't live it out here. If you wake up in the morning and go, oh, man, it's going to be hard. Oh, man, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be hard. Oh, I don't know if I can stay faithful to my wife today. You start off with the wrong thought, my friend. If young people, you start off thinking, that, oh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be hard to say no to my friends at the lunchroom because, oh, they're so cool. And they just have the nice shiny shirts and they have the nice cool friends. If you start off thinking that way, then all of a sudden when they flash their little bling and they have their little iPod and they have the little cute boy at the table, before you know it, your deceitfulness and your desires will pull you in because your attitude has not determined your altitude, but rather it has brought you down. But if you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm a child of the king. I'm a daughter of Jesus Christ. I can live for God. When you start to see that bling bling, you know what you start to see in your mind? A pig's trough. You start to see dog puke because the Bible says as a man goes back to his sin, it says a dog goes back to its vomit. And when you see the junk of this world, you don't see it blinging. You see the fires of hell. You look the other way. You see the glories of Christ. And you say, I would rather have Christ and go to heaven than go to hell with you. No matter how good it looks. If you don't believe me, let's just try it out. Do this today when you go home, okay? Uh, you're going to need two people to help you out with this. So when you walk into the house, have somebody squirt you down with some whipped cream, okay? And then your favorite ice cream, Rocky Road, and start eating it, okay? But so here's the deal. You've got to keep moving towards your, your stove, okay? So let them spray you down with whipped cream. Let them give you some Rocky Road. And then let them put a $100 bill in your hand or the biggest amount of money they can put in your hand, $1,000. And then all you got to do is just keep on moving. And then you know what? Put your hand on the stove and see if any of those things have changed the way the fire feels to your flesh. The Bible says there is a lake of fire for those who do not live according to God's Word. I don't care what Donald Trump has on his way there. I don't care what Lady Gaga has on her way there. It will count for nothing once she is there. Wake up to the reality, my friends. You need to change your thinking. I don't care how, how lame I look, how dumb I look, how nerdy they think I am. I don't care if i got to come to church and look with some sand in my eyes because I just woke up this morning. You get here, you renew your mind, start off every day and say, I am more than a conqueror, and I am going to conquer this day. I am going to conquer the devil, and I am going to live like a child of God. Praise God. Number four, grow up in your character. Therefore, each one of you put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of the one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Everybody say a foothold. You see, I want you to understand what a foothold is. I want you to get this in your mind today. It doesn't matter how big you are. If somebody grabs a hold of your foot, they will push you right to the ground. It doesn't matter if I'm six foot ten. If a young man can just grab a hold of my foot and hold it in his hand, he can just twist my body and put me right to the floor. The Bible is saying, do not. Do not give the devil a foothold. Now, how does the devil get a foothold? By your temper. How many of you have ever lost your temper in life? 
How many have ever lost your temper? Do you know that when you and I lose our tempers, that we are giving the devil a foothold? That we are literally letting the devil get a hold of us. When we get mad at our parents, it becomes bitterness. When we get mad at at our co-workers, that anger turns into bitterness. When we get mad at the church, that anger turns into bitterness. And you know what the devil's doing? He's laughing at you because he made you think it was the other person, but it was really him. He's like that dude on the lunchroom that wants you to fight your best friend so he starts passing gossip between each other so that when you go out and fight he can stand back and laugh at you you think it's the person next to you that really offended you but it's the devil who messed with you to get you mad and upset so you wouldn't come back to this church that you would go to another church because he knew this is where you were supposed to be and now that he's got a foothold he's just jerking you wherever he wants to turning you however he wants to because of your temper and your offense that is why Jesus said forgive those who sin against you. If you do not forgive, you cannot be forgiven. He said, pray for your enemies. Why? Because I take back my foot, devil. You will not put bitterness in my heart. Even if people deserve punishment, even if they've committed crimes against you, you take back your foot and say, I'll forgive my enemy because my enemy through the devil will not have a foothold. People who have been abused, they find themselves as the abuser. How did that happen? How did the alcoholic child become the alcoholic abusive dad how did the, uh, the the woman that was a promiscuous have a child out of wedlock now the girl that came out of wedlock she's pregnant at 15 because the devil puts in those children a seed of bitterness look at what your mom didn't do look at what your dad didn't do and now that bitterness is in your heart he just grabs a hold of your foot and he takes you wherever he wants and he makes you repeat the same despicable thing that was done to you somebody say I'm taking my foot back So I can put it where the sun don't shine. This is a kick devil butt generation. If you get it in your heart today, I'm going to kick the devil's butt. That's what you do with your foot. You take your foot out of his hands and you tell him to turn around and you punt him from here to Lake Michigan and you tell the devil, I am taking back my family. I am taking back my children. I am taking back everything you have stolen. And if you don't want it, I'll take it back for you and get ten more in your place. And then we'll send you an invitation to come back and get saved. Because we will not stop preaching this gospel. Because we will not let the devil pimp our city. And I tell people all the time, I'm sorry that you came to a church that wants to fight the devil. He's been taking you out for tea. He's been making you feel all comfortable. You, you, you start to feel stirred up here. You know why? Because we fight the devil. Oh, yeah, you would have got along real good in Nazi Germany, too. Yeah, because as long as you went along with Hitler's plan and you allowed Auschwitz to happen and you didn't make any fuss and you just had on the little emblem, oh, yeah, you could have a job. You could do whatever you wanted. But it was the Cory Tim Boons that said to hell with a, with Nazi see Germany. I'm bringing people into my house and being a revolutionary. It's those type of people that got to give up something. You know why? Because they're saying my foot is not for the devil. It's just to kick his teeth out and take it back in Jesus name. Do not sin in your anger and stop stealing. The Bible says that all of these things we can see as a part of somebody's life whose character is not right. Lastly, would you stand to your feet with me? If you're ready, say I'm ready. I told y'all I had to come back from New Orleans. Band, would you come, please? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. This is what Paul said. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. I'm going to read that again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The Bible says that our words can be set on fire by the pits of hell itself. When was the last time you let out a swear word? When was the last time you cursed at somebody? When was the last time you called somebody a name? When was the last time you said something dirty, fellas, unwholesome talk? When was the last time you laughed at something that was inappropriate? When was the last time, husbands, you said something to your wife that you would not want repeated here in public? Wives, when was the last time you said something to your children, moms, when we were by yourselves, and you said something that you would not want repeated here in public? See, you've got to grow up. Pastor, are you perfect? No, but I'm going after this with everything I have. I'm tired of making excuses. 
And you know what? It's always the one that stands out that they want to pick on. It's always the one that stands out. You know why? Because if the devil takes me out, then you got an excuse to go to hell then. Well, well, the pastor couldn't do it. Well, I guess I can't do it. Well, my small group leader didn't do it. Well, I guess I can't do it. This, this church is one of those crazy places where they actually ask us to live for Jesus. And nobody lives for Jesus there. So I don't have to do it. And I'll go find a church that doesn't do it and we'll all be okay. Let me ask you a question. People who have AIDS today say, well, well, I have AIDS. It, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give the person I'm sleeping with AIDS. It, it won't matter. We're all going to die. They're all going to die. And then you get AIDS. The next person gets AIDS. And now we all have a disease. Incurable. Let me ask you a question. Does that make the disease now a benefit? Does that make it a good thing? Because now we all have the disease. Because now we're all incurable. Because now our life expectancy for the whole human race is now only 35. And we, use, we lose our strength and can die from pneumonia. And our own immune system doesn't work. And so now this becomes the new body. Because everybody has a diseased body. We used to say to our children, if your friends jumped up off a cliff, would you follow them? I'm asking you that same thing today. Just because people at your work tell dirty jokes, does that mean you've got to follow them? Just because people take the name of the Lord in vain, does that mean you have to follow them? There is nothing funny, nothing admirable in talking dirty and swearing and letting unhealthy words come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Look at verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. See, the problem is, let me just tell you why you're standing here. Because I've been standing since I started preaching. Listen. Some people here today, you don't understand the Holy Spirit is a person. And you don't have a personal relationship with Him. And that's why when you say things the way you do, you don't feel bad. You see, because I, t- I talk about murder, you know, lying, fornication. Well, you might say, well, you know, I'm okay. But it's the things that you're not, o- the things that you're okay with is the things I'm not okay with. I remember when I first got saved, my mom will tell you, stop drinking, smoking, all that. You remember that, mama? Stopped all of that. But she'll tell you, but I was working for a pizza place, mom and pop shop. And they knew I was a Christian. And what they wanted to do every day was just, just get at me, just dig at me and say things to me. These people would have never, never talked to me like that if I wasn't a Christian. But they said, oh, he thinks he's better than us. He doesn't swear. He doesn't tell dirty jokes. So they just started picking at me. And my mom will tell you, this one woman said something to me, and I just said, now I'm going to talk to you the way you've been talking to me. You blanket. I got up in her face. She backed away. Her arms were shaking. One of the dudes that had been talking nasty to me said, hey, what's wrong with you? And I said, you better blanket it. I will kick your blank right out. You know, I'm cussing. I said, no, this is what's up. And I walked out that place. And I had talked like that. Every day. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I says, keep it real. But I talked like that one time as a Christian. And my mom will tell you. I came back home broken, tears in my eyes. Mom, I feel like God is not with me anymore. I feel like I have grieved the Holy Spirit that had sealed me for the day of redemption. I feel like the God who loves me right now is ashamed at how I acted. And I called up that lady and I said, I just want to tell you I am sorry. You know why? Because I said, I got to change. It's not about their butts. It's not about their mistakes. It's about you. Do you want to grow up? 
Do you want to grow up and be different than an MTV generation? Do you want to grow up, ma'am, sir, and be different than a baby boomer generation that got us into trillions of dollars of debt? Do you, sir, do you, ma'am, want to grow up from a generation that says beers on Sunday is acceptable when you're watching the Super Bowl? Are you wanting to grow up or do you want to grieve the God who sent His only Son to die for you? What is more important to you today? Verse 31, then follow the Scriptures. Here it is. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. That means you can just talk about people and not even feel bad. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. In closing, stop trash talking, start treasure talking. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit and get rid of unforgiveness and on slander. And I want to ask you the question today, do you want to grow up in the church? Are you ready to grow up? Are you ready to get out there and do something for God? Your day, your battle starts now. This is your time right now. You walk out these doors. This is where it starts. I don't follow you, and I'm only responsible for myself. You walk out these doors. It's now up to you. Do you want to grow up in your sexuality? Let's just keep it real. Some of you have got to go home, throw away music, throw away pictures, throw away Internet accounts. Grow up. How about growing up in your thinking? Determined today, I will be different. I will grow up. I will not think like a child, and I will not act like a child. Grow up in your character. You won't throw hissy fits. You won't lie. You won't steal. You won't be bitter. You're going to grow up in your word and deeds. And can I just give you the illustration today in closing? It's this simple. It's either grow or die. That's it. It's either grow or die. I preached it to you with everything I got. Took a two-hour flight, been up in the morning since four. You're probably going to say, next time we've got to make sure pastor gets more sleep before he preaches to us. He's a little cranky. Been up since four in the morning, sat next to a dude for two hours and had him talk about everything about God. And every time I brought up God, he gave me another but, 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 but. I want to ask you something today. Did you get the message? We either grow or we die. We either grow or we die. I don't care if the tree next to you has died. What will you die? What will you do? Father, we ask you right now for the power of the Holy Spirit that each one of us will apply this message to our lives. Starting with me, Father God. I want to grow. You said that the wages of sin is death. God, I want the sin out of my life. I want the shortcomings out of my life. Right now, wherever you're at, make a decision. Grow or die. Grow in your family or watch it slip through your fingers. Grow in your sexuality or watch it fade away right now. Your purity, you can keep your purity. I've known virgins to keep their purity to 25 and lose it in 10 minutes. Some of you right now, God has made you pure again. Will you give it up again or are you going to live pure Come on, grow up or die right now. Father, I pray for Holy Ghost revelation. Today in this place, I'm not even asking you to come forward. If you want to, you can. But just for the next few moments, I want you to search your heart. Are you ready to grow up? Because I hear this in my heart right now. I hear this in my heart, and I felt it when I came in here, and I'm so glad I came in here with what God prepared for me today because I hear this in my heart. I hear two things as we're praying right now. Some of you keep praying. Others of you got to listen to me. Two things in my heart. Some of you right now are thinking, this dude is crazy. He's not going to build the church. He's going to lose people. You have no idea what we did before you got here. We'll do it after you leave. Don't worry about what we're doing. God has got to grow up this church. I made a promise to him. I will not be another shucking and jiving, pimping pastor that makes them all feel good. I will sacrifice whatever it takes. Jesus said to the 5,000, if you can't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. 
There is a reason why our church of 250 has one of the largest groups at Mardi Gras right now. And from our own pastors and, and teachers, they said this is one of the best groups. This is one of the best groups. Why? Because we're raising up real Christians here. That's the first thing. I wanted to say that to somebody. And the second thing is this. God has been wanting me to tell you that you've been waiting for other people to do it. And God says, stop looking at other people and you do it today. Ben, would you sing this song in closing? We're going to pray in just a few moments. Don't leave if you're hungry for God. We're going to close out in just a few moments. Some of you need to soak it in today. Jesus, this is it, God. Some of you need to get out your notes and write it down. You need to write down what are you leaving behind today. What are you going to get out of your life? Come on, it is time. It is time to give up the butts. Jesus, we want to change. We want to be a church that grows, not just numerically, but inwardly. Inwardly, I want to grow, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. We need your fire, God. Jesus. Come on, just sing. Show us your glory. Just the keyboards. Adolfo, would you come? Show us your glory. As Adolfo comes, just sing it out today. Show us your heart, God. Show me your ways. Show me your glory. Come on, sing it again. Show me, God. Your heart. Show me your ways. Show me your glory. And fire fall down. Fire. Fall down. Fire burns it away, friends. I'm asking God to do something that no man can do. To burn it away. Fall down. Fire. Fall down on us. We. Doubtful, would you pray for us to see the heart of God? That we would change. That we would be who we're supposed to be. And that also as an SUM student, the one that got left behind because your dates were given to India this summer and your job would not let you go. We know your heart is with your brothers fighting now. I would ask that as you're praying for us, 
that you would pray with all sincerity for our brothers and sisters fighting a nation that has rejected God and decided to die. We lift them up today. Brother Adolfo, pray for us, please. Father God, I just pray for humility in this room right now, God. Father, a deep understanding of what it really means, Father, to grow spiritually in your word, in your teachings, God. Father, everything that was taught today through the message, God, I pray that it's taken in as a seed and let it produce a harvest of purity, a harvest, God, of maturity, Lord, a harvest of growth in life, Father God. I pray that every single person in this place understands and accepts, Father, the lesson in which you have given us today, Lord. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for growth within Metro, praise God. I don't just pray for it, Lord. I declare it now in the name above all names in the name of Jesus Christ. Metro praise will grow as a nation for Christ in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I pray a special prayer for our brothers and our sisters, your soldiers, your children, Father, your warriors that are out there right now preaching the word of the almighty God. I pray that they come back, Father, not wounded, Lord, Father, but wiping the spiritual blood off of those swords, God, because they march into battle, Father. I pray that they come with testimonies, life-changing experiences, God, and the Father and Father in Jesus' name, the lives that are touched in New Orleans, God, let it be numerous. Let it be uncountable, God. Like the sands of grain in the sea, Lord, let the seed of the harvest be produced all over New Orleans, God. Let it be produced within the nation, Lord Father. In Jesus' name, give them strength, God. Strength and maturity in what they preach. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, come on. Hallelujah. Slap your neighbor high five and say, grow up. Tell them, grow up. God bless you. We'll see you at small groups. We're up here if you want to pray. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.